0: introduction video in the universe thank you very much welcome to Monday Night Live everybody and welcome
1: Emile how are you I'm good how are you and honestly that was an epic intro I felt like I was going to battle
0: <laughs> yeah I know and then it's like you know, it's like hey we're here you know <laughs> I need a stage or something
1: <laughs>
0: yeah um I as it was going, it was like, oh, it's having problems broadcasting to LinkedIn, and then it just looks like it's refreshed. Perfect timing. Would you mind sharing like, your version of um, how you became an entrepreneur when you realized you were an entrepreneur? Is this your first business? Give us a bit of background as to how you got to the point of starting the business in the first place.
1: Yeah, so you gave a little background on it, but uh basically i always wanted to be an entrepreneur or a business owner i even did an entrepreneurship degree at uni but it all really began when i went to an island in the philippines called boracay not sure if anyone's been there before but just picture white sandy beaches crystal clear waters absolutely stunning um it's my motherland and yeah. anyway, look this trip and the locals were selling coconut oil on the beach. And this was back in 2009. So I don't think coconut oil was like a you know like a buzzword or trending at the time. And so the locals were selling coconut oil and they were telling me about the benefits for the skin. And at the time I thought, uh, well, I thought coconut oil was just for cooking. I didn't actually think you could put it on your skin. And so they were explaining it to me and that's how I discovered the benefits of coconut oil. But it wasn't much later until I became a flight attendant a few years later. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on an international flight that's like going on for hours and hours and hours. And by the end, you you feel like a shriveled raisin, like you're just so dry. And imagine doing that day in, day out. And so my skin was so dry. And I also had eczema. So that it just I had. Yeah, my skin was really bad. It was constantly drying out. And so I remembered my time in Barakai where I was using the coconut oil on my skin. I remember how good it was, and so I thought, okay, I'll just try this because I was, you know, drinking heaps of water and I was trying all these lotions, but I just felt dry still. And then so I tried the coconut oil, and then it really worked well for me. And the other flight attendants were like, "Oh, your skin's glowing. What are you using?" So I, I kind of told them on my little secret, and then I started making my own body oil. Like I started researching what other plant-based oils would go well with coconut oil and that's how and how, old, how old
0: how old were you then
1: um i would have been in my early 20s i can't remember right. exactly so i was like probably 24 25 something like that
0: wow and you started making your own coconut oil
1: it, yeah i was hand making this product so when i first started wow. my business, I was hand making it
0: yeah, well, I didn't even know where, how does, how you'd start. Did, what did you do? Search it up online.
1: <laughs> you know, I look back and I'm so glad I journaled. So I'd write down all, everything that I was thinking of, what I discovered. And Google was my best friend. And yeah. emailing people, like just anyone. I didn't know anyone in the business world at all. I mean, like I knew people from my uni degree, but not everyone went on to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> and so I
0: got, And you studied entrepreneurship, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. Not everyone became an entrepreneur from that degree. (laughs) And you know what the funniest thing is? I was probably one of the worst students in my course like i wasn't even one of the ones that excelled i failed a couple of times some of the subjects and i had to do it again <laughs> really Now I need to mentor the students first. <laughs> yeah
0: I, I i got asked to go back to my high school and talk about entrepreneurship and i know exactly what you're talking about because that I, I got up and i hadn't prepared anything i thought i was being interviewed and I said, well, the first thing you need to know is it doesn't matter what grades you get at school. Um, yeah. And then the other four speakers it backed me up. So uh, it was so good, interesting when you said uh, you studied entrepreneurship. I didn't know that was even a degree. It, um, yeah, it,
1: it's a Bachelor of Business majoring in entrepreneurship.
0: That's, uh, uh, I mean, I guess that's awesome. But then, of course, like, you know, again, <laughs> the, the bad students are the ones that, that uh, kick goals and the guys that did really well end up in a job.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah.
0: so that's crazy so so you were with virgin weren't
1: you yeah i was with virgin australia yeah and
0: so how long were you with them
1: five years and honestly it was an, an amazing it's a job work for
0: isn't
1: it yeah yeah it was so good uh it i had nothing bad to say about working for virgin it's just i i wanted to be my own boss um but i also loved traveling so i thought that's why you see a lot of the travel theme in my business because it's just i've combined things that i love and i've just turn it into a brand.
0: Yeah, Emile's Instagram looks like a lot like a travel... Um, yeah, it's just... Well, I mean, I, I imagine not travelling during COVID, but there's, you seem to be everywhere.
1: That's why I haven't been posting as much because I'm not travelling, so.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know how you feel. I totally had a lot more to post about before COVID. Um, so, so okay, so tech, we, we've got to the point where you're making your own coconut oil, hand-making your own coconut oil. How does one get from there to creating an e-commerce business marketing that e-commerce business and turning it into this like the the amount of growth that you must have had in the last five years has been, must have been huge
1: yeah I like I when I actually uh, talk about my story and I listen back to myself and thinking about it and reading the journals that I used to have it's just honestly it's just crazy um but it's just it as an uh, fellow entrepreneurs know it's just a journey right and it's 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 like being on a roller coaster right? there's no other way to explain it there's just so many highs and so many lows so and you started with no money didn't you no i didn't have any savings at all i read all these stories that like people saying oh i had no money but i had 20 grand in the bank account and i'm like i honestly yeah. did not have a dollar to my name
0: yeah i understand but well, when well, people don't realize what no money means yeah so, okay. So, so how did you how did you string together the first sort of commercial transaction?
1: That that honestly, stringing it is the correct term. <laughs> so, you know, I lived with my parents at the time, so I was saving every dollar. People my age were going out a lot, so they were doing a lot of partying, buying new clothes, and that's totally fine. But I guess I had a different goal in mind, and so how i did it was like i had my big goal obviously i like so when i first launched my business it was more like okay my big my big goal is to launch my business but what i need to do in order to get there and so things like you know buy, like getting a website done so i would put that money aside from my flight attendant wage and You know, these flight attendants don't get paid a lot. (laughs) I would uh,
0: websites are expensive. E-commerce,
1: yeah, they were expensive. I didn't even know what Shopify was at the time. I think I used WooCommerce to begin with. And so I yeah, i
0: I got I got WordCommerce. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used WordCommerce to be and I didn't know how to use anything. I'm not tech savvy. So I, yeah, I had to put it away a couple of grand just to set up a website. And then the next thing was to buy the packaging and then the raw materials. And it was just those little steps. And then eventually I got there and I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready to launch now. And then yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, listen to this, guys. Like, you know, it, it, it put guessing it together at two grand, you know. Which, by the by the way, for everyone everyone listening to a business would know, that is a bar like a really cheap website. But it, at the time, that would have been a lot of money. Like, you know, that's like I can't afford to for this website not to be good. um And then you've do, sort of done it by the stages. You sort of you have sort of created this product. You get okay, but now I've got to get the website. Then you've got to get get in front of. Customers you're cold emailing because you don't have a choice. And so you've sort of you learn all these things about like growth hacking a business that now when you've got a seven-figure business, like and you see companies spending money on like I mean, you you must um you must still be like quite careful with what you spend money on because of the experiences you've had, and therefore your margins must be a lot larger.
1: I feel like also when I started my business, and because probably of my age, of how young I was, even though I had an entrepreneurship degree, I think you enter the business world quite naive, and so you yeah. kind of a a bit more risk. And mm. as I've gone through my business journey, I, I feel like I'm a little bit careful of how I spend my money and what we do with it. But in the beginning, it was like, oh yeah, let's just do that and let's do this. Yep, let's just do that. because you didn't know what would work for your business and. What wasn't, and you, there's no blueprint for what will work with business because every founder and every business is different.
0: Yeah, that's right. What's the number one challenge you've had to overcome along the way? Was it was it starting, or was it something else since then?
1: I feel like the number one challenge, especially for a business that's bootstrapped and didn't really have a lot of money to begin with, is uh, cash flow. Because as as you're getting bigger, you need to buy more stock and um, now we're in the process of trying to build our team, and it's just all these things. Uh, it's, you know, it's a big initial investment, and so that's probably the biggest challenge I've had.
0: So when, when you get to a point, and because we've all been there as entrepreneurs, and no one likes to talk about it, but when you when you're cruising along, you're growing, and then you, you get to a point, and you're like, oh shit, there's not enough money. To, there's not enough money at the end of the month to pay all the bills, and <laughs> and you know something has to be done. You don't know what it is, but it's your responsibility. What what do you do in that moment, like to get yourself in the right headspace to be able to solve the problem?
1: Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest mental challenges is always like as you said before, it's like you'll have the bills coming and you know it's coming, but you're like, not enough money's coming in. And sometimes it will happen within your journey. And you always try to plan for that, right? But sometimes you just can't. Because exactly. as last year showed, like COVID, that's a curveball for everybody. And so for me, it's just like I just surround myself with the right people because there's times where it's really hard to pull your, like, really difficult to pull yourself out of that that mental hole of doom and gloom. So just surrounding yourself yeah. with people and and people that can lift you up, and you really just got to find those people that will help you through those times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I mean, I, in my experience, they've been that easy to find, but you know, when you do find them, you hold, hold on to them. Like most of the time, okay, hold onto them. <laughs> it's like, if you told, if you told, um, if I told any of my friends who weren't business owners, right. And said, Hey, I, you know, like, I just asked, I had a bad day. I, like I've got $20,000 extra worth of things i got to pay next week. And I don't have the money for it. And then they, they'd, they'd just be like, what? $20,000. Like it can make it worse. And you've got to be yeah. careful you share it with you
1: know? Yeah, because I mean, these, are, these are numbers that, like, for business owners, it's a normal thing, but that's sometimes that's somebody's salary and for them it's so yeah. shocking once you tell them and then it, like, then you get anxiety and you're like, why did I even tell this person? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And, uh, we, so many people could relate to that. We need to, I think, as entrepreneurs we need to make the conversation that, we just need to bring it more to the forefront And 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 talk about it with each other. But so surrounding yourself with the right people, I've got that. That's, that's um, you know, that kind of been easy as well with an e-commerce business um, even before COVID, wasn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, in the start, like I said before, I didn't know anybody in the business so I was doing a lot of cold emailing. And I found just going to events, um, now that things are opening up again, but going to events where you can meet like-minded people and trying to meet other entrepreneurs, I found that really helpful for me because... Yeah. you know as, as you know your friends who are maybe in the corporate world or not business owners you know as much as they support you they don't understand what you're going through and it, being a business owner or an entrepreneur it can be really lonely and so trying to find people who are doing mm-hmm. the same thing and just even if it's someone that you can bounce off of and be like you know what? I'm having such a crap day this is what's going on. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I went through that the other day too. And then you just feel it a little bit Yeah,
0: better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say, oh, I've got $20,000 worth of extra bills. And they say, oh, I've got $100,000. you are like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Well, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've all been through it at least, you know. So, so you now, okay, so you've got the website built. Now you've got somewhere you can sell the product. Have you already are you still doing the distribution? Oh, sorry, still creating it by hand or or Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> yeah if we were doing that, oh my At god. That
0: point. Like, so when you create whatever. the website, the first order you weren't doing by hand or you you just find so, yeah, the supplier?
1: Uh so with my business, it was actually my side hustle for a few years before it really started to take off. And uh, oh, so okay. we, yeah, so by the time I went full time, that's when we started getting it manufactured. But up until that point, it was handmade. So made with love.
0: <laughs> oh, That's awesome. So were you doing it yourself at home or... It's yeah, that,
1: like, I got my mum to help me. She still helps me to this day. Like she's very How well. good
0: at mums. That's amazing. Yeah, they're
1: so great. Like I told her, like don't Shout get involved. And she ended up getting involved anyway. So
0: mums are literally the best. Like they're always, always like they're there to do whatever it is that you decide to. They to support you. I mean, well, mine does. You know, but um, and it sounds like yours does as well. Okay, so I'm just going through the stages of growing a business. So yeah. the people that are out there that are at any stage can get some value. All right, so now now you're at a point where you've got a website and you're cold, cold, uh, cold emailing people and you must have got to a point where you're like, okay, now I need to do some marketing, right? <laughs> um, tell us about the marketing side of things, you know, in terms of like, you know, the, the trial and error. What did you find didn't work? What, what did you find you were able to scale?
1: Tried so many things. I think everyone can relate to that. They like just... Should I go on this platform? Should I go on this platform? Should I try this? Oh, that's so expensive. How much is that retainer? And so we were doing all these different things. Uh, so when we first started, 20, imagine 2015, Instagram. Instagram didn't even have video at the time. There was no stories. There was no TikTok. I think Snapchat might've come maybe a couple of years later after that, yeah. but it's a little bit simpler back then. And so I started an Instagram account, zero followers. And I just I was just doing things that were basically free to begin with because I, didn't have the money uh but one of the things i did save up for was pr and i found that really? I, Interesting. I, I, didn't get, I wouldn't say like you get like when you do paid advertising you, you you get immediate results like you can track it with pr you can't but pr is so valuable because it bu- builds your credibility as a brand and getting it noticed by the right people and i we got into urban outfitters within like of one or two months of launching. And I think it was just because the PR were like just putting it out there and then the right people were seeing it. So I think PR was one of the better investments that I made. And then what really, you know, skyrocketed the brand was really getting into paid ads. Uh we did yeah. like organic stuff for, for years, but it wasn't until we did paid ads and really understood what it meant to retarget your customers, what it meant to, uh, you know, increase average order value, customer retention, customer lifetime value. I think those things are the really important things now as a business to try and make sure everything's tight because especially with the changes of like iOS 14, um, how competitive it is on, you know, all the paid advertising platforms.
0: It must be such a tight margin for you guys with the products.
1: Like... Yeah, it is. And that's why we focus on... Uh, customer retention you know we've got tens of thousands of customers but we want them to come back and be happy and we also want them to uh keep coming and buying more and so uh even though we've i started with one product we expanded to like four different body oils but we are going to expand into different things so which is really exciting but yeah coming up with new products is also a challenge so there's there's a lot of things happening a lot of juggling going on
0: So this is the interesting thing is everybody wants to hack marketing, but if your retention is good, like, it makes it a lot easier to make everything work, doesn't it?
1: Um, Yeah, well, I mean, marketing these days, like, a lot of people can just get on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, and everyone goes into an auction, really, and that's how paid ads work. And I've seen over the years, like, even when I started paid ads only three, four years ago, the cost per purchase now, like, it just... Crazy, right? It's insane, and there's yeah. no way you can be profitable if you, you know, you're always paying to acquire a new customer, and it, it is really expensive. But that's why um having that long term long term goal of what you're going to do to try and yeah. get come back, I I think that's what's going to make businesses survive in the long run, rather than trying to make a quick buck.
0: So, are you are you concerned about this iPhone up or the whole cookie thing update, or is it just um, one of those things which you have? Actually- Yeah,
1: I I would say that uh, I wouldn't be too concerned, but at the same time, there are businesses that uh, rely on, you know, uh, heavily on paid advertising and the more competitive it is just going to get more competitive. You know, they're saying almost it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, which means more advertisers, more merchants on board. It's going to be super competitive. And I honestly think the businesses that know what they're doing in terms of like, Customer retention yeah. and retargeting, not just by using paid ads, but like you need to be like omni-channel really, and think about other avenues to reach your customers. They're the ones that are going to do omni-channel.
0: Omni-channel is a word I hear a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's your, what, what does omni-channel mean for those people that are listening that may not be as familiar with marketing?
1: Yeah. So omni-channel is basically we're selling in different avenues. So for example, if wear an e-commerce store so if you wanted to go omni-channel it would mean just basically selling on different different avenues so that might be going into retail or going into a marketplace like amazon so trying to get into different ways of selling rather than just having one way of selling your product
0: or service yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean people want to buy different ways and you sort of allow them to do that don't you marshall <laughs> um these <laughs> days like uh, yeah, you know, I just had a website built and um, unless you've kind of integrated with it, it with other platforms and obviously video is a big deal, um, it's not really enough just to have a standard standalone website. But you reckon, Marshall? Hey? Well
1: yeah, you've got to find you gotta have a website, but also how do you drive traffic to your website? Um That's and, so, yeah. and think and when you think about your ideal customer or your client, they're not just using one platform, right? They're using multiple different platforms and you've got to hit them at all angles, really, to try and yeah. get there. Right. Yeah. Do you
0: do AdWords as well? Google
1: Advertising? Yeah. Yeah. So we have we have accounts with Google, Facebook, Instagram, Dress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's other Ad- platforms that we're wanting to explore as well. But those I've are got,
0: the main I've got, so many, I've got so many questions. I'm, this is fascinating. So have you asked Virgin to be a client yet? Virgin. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you, you I haven't even
1: thought about like it, but, you know, somewhat years ago, someone suggested to me you should try and get the product what in the story. business class. Because I used to work That's in business true. class all the time, That's so I put it in the little bags, and I'm like, now that you brought it up, I'm like, oh, maybe I should. <laughs> Once Absolutely. the back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. But,
0: so, Mr. Branson, if you're watching, because, you know, he tunes in every now and then to Monday Night Live, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> In fact, it's funny. As soon as I say that, I realise that there's two people in the audience that do that do know Richard Branson personally. One, one is a startup that uh, they both won competitions. One was through a charity, and one was a startup competition, and ended up going to his island. So, um, if you know Richard, could you please ask him to get in touch? We've got a bit of a deal for him.
1: Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> I never had the pleasure of meeting Richard. We there were so many times that he did like the inaugural flights, and I was never lucky enough to do them. So, um, yeah, that's my dream to meet him one day. Actually,
0: yeah, I've heard he's got an amazing presence. Like, makes you feel like you're the only person. He's, he's one of my was well, my earliest business mentor. Um, in terms of well, I don't, like he's not a mentor me personally, but I've always looked up to him. Like, I just, I just whenever whenever I'm stressed, right, about my little business, <laughs> I think. Richard Branson's got 400 companies and he's on an island, but, like, obviously there's a way to manage this. He's
1: <laughs> doing something right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And what made you decide to leave the, the um, version? It sounds like it was a pretty good job and start your own business. What was it that, um, What was it that, like, when you uncomfortable there? Was it something that inspired you? or oh.
1: Yeah. So I was still working there for a couple of years whilst I was working on my business on the side. Uh, and then it kind of hit me once. I, I don't know. Maybe it was like a, I wouldn't say it's a midlife crisis, but, you know, I was in my mid 20s. I was like, what am I doing with my life? What am I, what do I actually really want to do? And yeah. I, and I, I was like, don't lie to yourself. What do you want to do? Like, like, to be honest, what's your big dream? And my big dream was to be my own boss and have my own business. And I wanted my little, side hustle business to do super well. And I wanted to sell it one day for like X hundred million dollars or whatever. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to work on. And as I had that simple mindset shift, uh, I got an email from work saying like, Hey, we're offering leave without pay for 12 months. If you want to go work wow. on. something else. Yeah. And they're so generous. They, they do that. And they take on, you have to apply and say why you're doing it, but they let you do that. Cause. Oh. I want you to go have a break and if you decide to come back you can have your job and if you don't you can wow. just leave. and so that was offered to me and i got it and so i was like okay it's now whenever i need to make sure in the 12 months wow. i need to make it work and that's how i yeah i basically took that on and then i was like okay i need to make this work because like i want to you know like i had that fallback but at the same time i was like i really want this to work and that's when I don't know. It just be like skyrocketed ever since I changed my mindset. I think sometimes you get caught in. It's so hard because I I know that feeling of when you're running a business and you're like, when do I leave? When is the time for me to go full time? And no one yeah. can answer that for you. And I was yeah. really struggling to. Is it when I make X amount of revenue? But how much profit do I need to be making? And it, it's yeah. so yeah. I'm not a numbers person. I'm more of I love being more creative and. But anyway, yeah. so it was just more of a feeling for me. Like I loved working at Virgin, but the, I knew deep down, I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next chapter. Like I'd been at Virgin for five years and I loved it. I loved all the people that I worked with. I was like, I'm ready to, you know, give this a red hot go. And if I if it doesn't work out, I can always just come back. But then, you know, I, I never went back, so.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I, wow. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things there. First of all, you know, well done. That was a big decision. You know, it's a big jump. to you had a pretty good job, um, and so yeah. But it's not exactly it's not exactly what I what I want. And so you are taking a risk, um, which you know, kudos to you. That's no, amazing. Um, and, and the second thing is like, how what, what company gives their employees twelve months paid leave so that they can go do what they so want to do? So and I'm, I'm paid, is I'm
1: paid, unpaid is unpaid, but unpaid. Yeah, it was leave without pay, but you still had your job at the end of the 12 months, so you could come back.
0: Yeah, yeah. they're talking their to people so well, don't they? Um, you know, the thing that they've they've offered that to people, they've got off and started other businesses and, you know, and, and you know, may not have happened if, if Virgin didn't give a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it was one of those initiatives that I think a lot of company i don't know if other companies did it but i thought it was a great initiative because you know some people did come back and they were like you know what i realized i love being a flight attendant and you know xyz wasn't for me and at least they tried it because then they come back refreshed and they actually love the job because they yeah. come, you get tight. honestly you get fatigued like the level of fatigue yeah, that I of course, as a flight attendant. i've never experienced that my whole life and like i just i can't explain it it's just the mental fatigue as well and sometimes it's just good to like have a break and come back and be refreshed and realize okay sometimes the grass isn't always greener on this other side but mm-hmm. you know it's also a good way for if someone you know wants to go volunteer like we had people that went and volunteered overseas for a whole year and it's a good way for them to to yeah. give because you know there's always in the air and they're, ne- they're not able to give their time so i think mm-hmm. it's a great initiative and i think more companies should do it
0: yeah, absolutely. And what about business mentors? Like obviously you said Google's best friend, like is there, is there um, any individuals that you've inspired you or you've learned from along the way?
1: I had this question today actually, and I've, I haven't had a mentor uh, myself, but uh, someone that I that kind of changed my life I would say is Tim Ferriss because I was reading his 4-Hour Week. I think a lot of people have read it. Yeah. but. Somehow that book – I've read so many business books. I've, like, read Richard Benson's books. But yeah. his book, I don't know, it, it felt really practical. Like, you could just read that book and there were practical tips on what you could do. It was kind of like, you know, a, a life, it was life hacks, basically. Like but, it wasn't, but it's
0: not but – it, but isn't it it's, – it's a myth, isn't it? it no one works four
1: you know, hours, right? I mean, right? like, <laughs> I'm not doing four hours in one week. I think, like, the principles he had in there was basically like, yeah. – basis of that book was basically what are you doing with your life really? You
0: know, I, I agree with you absolutely. He's like, he was like, okay, this is where you go to hire a you know um, somebody, to, uh, BA, and this is what yeah. you write to the, you know. It's very, it was very practical. It was. That's interesting. That's a good, it. good good advice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like um, those airy fairy like you can do it books. I and mean, sometimes I sound like that too. But he was basically yeah. like, you can do this and call this number, and you can call these people. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, and it was very interesting because. It just got you thinking differently about how you run your life and how you, I don't know, how you live it, because it was a little bit outside of the box of what people are normal, like, used to. And so I think for me, the big, biggest takeaway for me was, like, let's think outside the box and how how do you actually want to design your life? That's is, is basically what I took out of that book, and it changed my life. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Um, and, and in business, how much do you think percentage wise is um, psychology and how much do you think is is, is um, tactics and, and strategies?
1: I think honestly, I think anyone can learn the tactics and strategies. Uh, yeah. All that information is pretty much readily available. You can listen to heaps of podcasts, read books, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's the execution. And so that comes down to the mentality right and your psychology and that's probably one of the biggest things as an entrepreneur and that's why I mentioned before that you need to surround yourself with the right people because you people can tell you like go do this go do that but if you don't have the strength in you to go do it or execute it nothing gets done um, do, you and have, so,
0: do you have people to so tell told you that you couldn't do what you did, like by the start, or people telling uh, you that you were crazy or not?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think people told me I'm crazy. But when I was oh, young, nice. I, yeah, I, I, you know, when I was doing my entrepreneurship degree that I was telling you about, I had teach like I had the lecturers or tutors or whatever you call them, um, the professors or whatever. I don't know, but they yeah. basically were failing me and basically they were saying like you're not really cut out for this and then after that I was like oh maybe I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur and um I don't know it's just sometimes people will tell you you can't do things and I remember even in English um at school she's like you know you can't write this essay and she actually said you can't do it but then I ended up doing it anyway I just like I don't know, sometimes when people say I can't do it, I feel more motivated to show them, no, I can do it. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't mind when people tell me I can't do it because then I'll, I'll be like, no, I'll show you.
0: So so if somebody's watching watching that, that's trying something they believe in but they've not had any external success with it yet and their friends are telling them that maybe, that maybe they should give up and they should try something else, what would you say to them?
1: Honestly, I, it's all within reason too. But I think at the end of the day, the only person's opinion that matters is really yours because I think it's your life, it's your business, and it's really it's not. I mean, whatever your friends saying or whoever's saying this, they're not going to be paying the bills at the end of the day. So it's whatever, whatever works for you. And if you you believe in it and no one else does, well then that's fine. I feel like I personally didn't get. Like from friends, I didn't get the biggest support. Like they did support me at the beginning, but then after a while, like the support wasn't maybe there as much as I wanted, but that's because I know that I have a different mindset to my friends. So it's not that I would hate on them. It's just more like we're different people. And I think that's what kind of separates you from
0: the others, right?
1: And that's why you're an entrepreneur because you are a little bit different. You're a small minority of people that are willing to do this.
0: Wow. Yeah, so good. I can't believe you're 29 years old. That's amazing. Well done. <laughs> I'm so impressed that you managed to work all that out. You know, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, really impressed. Um, so, what are your goals for the business? You mentioned that, that you had dreams initially of X hundred million dollars, <laughs> and I'm sure that, I'm sure you've defined what the X is. What's your What is your goals these days?
1: So the business, obviously the goal right now is just growing. Um, we're just trying to get new products to the market, listening to what our customers want. Um, the next step is most likely getting into retail. So we are in the process of thinking about what, who do we want to partner with and how we, we want to distribute it and which markets we want to enter. Our biggest market right now is the US. So that's something that we're working on and potentially the EU. But the end goal is for me, I mean, I love what I'm doing. I love e-commerce. I love being in the beauty space. Um, but one day I do want to help others that, you know, might want to start their own business and don't know how to because I remember that feeling. And so I want to help those people. Um, maybe if the timing is right or we have the right buyer. I'd be willing to have that conversation of selling my business. But at the moment, it's just me trying to grow it
0: right okay so you would consider an exit um and then what you, you perhaps start another business
1: yeah maybe perhaps start another business just chill for a little bit um but i still want to be involved in business like i think you know as i mentioned before when i was a little girl i've always been interested in business and that's something i probably will keep doing until you know my legs fall so, off
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so i didn't i must have missed that bit so when you were when you're a child like did you did you experiment with any businesses did you Sell lemonade. Sell, sell lemonade after the rugby matches? What yeah,
1: I, I didn't do that, but I just, I remember, like, I had this, like, school diary, and um, at the back of my school diary, I had, I didn't know what a vision board was, but it was basically a, vis- a vision board, and I was, like, writing, right. like, I'm going to be a boss, I'm going to have this pension, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, and, and just, you know, I would role play with my little brother. I would be the... <laughs> here and i'd have my own little shop with the fruit and stuff and so that's something i always wanted to do i just didn't know what kind of business i want to do and then you know i was really disheartened when um i wasn't doing well at my entrepreneurship degree but i think oh, just yeah. because, I, because i just really wanted to do it and it was something yeah. that stuck with me and when i was honest with myself i was like i just need to have uh, give it a go and if this person can do it why can't i that was kind of my mentality so then i just gave it a shot and i think i just never got off that train like it's just been going 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 and i just never got off
0: yeah that's fantastic um and yes and and you've been back to that university haven't you just speak is that what you said you've been
1: the, yeah <laughs> yeah they yeah. invite me to mentor the students so uh, yeah. so the we like to-
0: talk to you guys we, i did it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, it is funny because the subject I failed was actually called applied entrepreneurship. So it was basically telling you, <laughs> you can't be an entrepreneur. You don't know what you're doing. Um, I, I failed it and then I just passed. So I had to do it again and I, I just passed. And then, um, yeah, so a few years later, I, they they were the ones that reached out to me and they're like, oh, we've seen what you've been doing. We'd love to get you to the mentor the students and help them with that subject. And every student I've, you know, uh, mentored have gotten high distinctions. So
0: Oh wow. That's yeah. fantastic. I mean, good on the university for realizing, you know, like that they need entrepreneurs that are actually entrepreneurs to come in and talk to the students. Yeah, because
1: um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes they did have people that come in that they were entrepreneurs too, but maybe I think entrepreneurship isn't very defined. Like it's I would say it's not a black and white kind of subject like you know, medicine or something. So sometimes yeah. someone that doesn't seem like an entrepreneur, like the ones in my course that seems like entrepreneurs work in the corporate world now. So sometimes yeah. it's the ones that you least expect that have the potential to become an entrepreneur or maybe I was just at the age that I hadn't realised it yet or, you know, I just needed a bit more life experience.
0: Yeah, any, anyone could do it. Like that, 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 I don't think that necessarily a business owner is an entrepreneur. Um, I think that somebody that can create something out of nothing is an, like, is an entrepreneur. Like a, you, you think about all the great entrepreneurs out there in the world you know, if they had a great idea and no money, it wouldn't bother them one bit. They, they would, they would, because there's so many different ways to raise the money. Who cares how we do it? We'll figure it out. But, like, you know, there's always so many other possibilities before you go, oh, you know, no, that's not possible, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, actually, there's a, a couple of, um, when I first started, I didn't know any of these things. So, if anyone's listening uh, for e commerce, there's companies called like Wayflyer that can help you fund your Wayfly. business. Okay. yeah um i think another one is like clear clear bank or something like that but they yeah. basically help fund e-commerce businesses and it's not like a bank so i don't know the ins and outs of it but you know there was this is this just stuff i didn't know and i honestly thought it was either like i needed to raise money from like investors or just yeah. ask and family and i didn't have either of those options or like go to the bank i couldn't go to the bank either so i was like what a blessing, I was, though. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, well, I'll save the money that I have and just do it slowly. And I think my journey took longer than one, like, you know, there's overnight successes. But, I mean, it allowed me to learn. So it was yeah, okay. It seems
0: me. it seems slow to you, but you've done it like, it's, exceptionally. Yeah, it's like a
1: lifetime though. for me when I think about yeah. it. Like, six years in hindsight is not long, but for me, it, it feels like it's so long ago. And I was a totally different person when I first started.
0: Yeah, and that was that was going to be my next question, um, because taking that risk and, and after being in that you know university degree where the external validation wasn't really there, um, and then having achieved a success and now you're getting asked to speak on Monday Night Live, you know, you've made that, right, <laughs> um, but but you must feel incredibly proud and and confident. Has it changed you as a as a as a person?
1: I think I've as I honestly feel like I've just grown into this woman I don't recognize, or a woman that I I wouldn't even dream of becoming. But it's honestly it's just because of all the experiences I've had leading up to this point. And there's I wouldn't change anything about what I've done. It's just this is how what how my journey's looked, and I've just totally changed. Like I just read my journals, and I'm like. I had no idea what I was doing. I probably don't know what I'm doing now but I really didn't know what I was doing so and yeah. I honestly think that's just a, a bit of a blessing in disguise too because sometimes when you're a bit naive you're more willing to go and do things and I think if yeah. I had the knowledge now uh, trying to start another business I would be more hesitant in my opinion.
0: Okay interesting um, do you still journal today?
1: Um, not as good because I do it all digitally and I have no idea uh, yeah. where to than them. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I, loved putting, I loved putting pen to paper. That was really good.
0: Well, because I think what you do, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that I posted about this last night on Instagram, compare themselves to other people, right? And it becomes a very like risky place for mental health perspective. But just by the act of doing those journals, I can see you comparing yourself to who you were two, three years ago, which is really healthy. Like It's really good to look at how far you've come. You know and, and build your what builds it it builds, a, it builds a, a lot of um security self-esteem confidence and a, which is a very resourceful state to be in um was that intentional or do you do you think that that was just by accident
1: no it was because i just needed to know what was going into my brain and sometimes i would have ideas that like to, wait <laughs> yeah. to write it down somewhere Or sometimes yeah. i was on a plane you know like serving chicken or beef and i'm like oh i've got this <laughs> yeah, for like <laughs> needed to write it down instantly, otherwise I'd forget. So that yeah, was a yeah. I Had this, but it's good to just read back because, as you said, it's a reminder of what your mental state was at the at the time, and like you can see how far you've come. Because it's so easy to forget when you're running a business and you're so yeah. in that cycle, right? And you forget how far you've come. And you, yeah, it's a it's a good reminder.
0: Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Well done. I'm very very glad we did this um, this interview. What's something that I should have asked you that I haven't yet?
1: <laughs> I, feel <like> <laughs> I feel like you've covered everything, but you know, if anyone's listening that's you know, doing e-commerce, it's I think people think e-commerce is easy because there's so many, you know, these gurus out there that going to sell like courses and um, saying, you know, dropshipping's easy and you can make thousands of dollars in a day, but honestly it's it's hard, it's hard work. Um the only thing I could you know suggest is just keep at it because it might not work now or it might not work tomorrow but eventually you will get there and that okay. was the case for me because i was doing my my business as a side hustle for for three years and i i was at that point where i was like okay i either just keeping up being a high tenant or i really just keep trying and then i just chose keep trying and then it worked out so
0: Awesome. Yeah, and you know, so a lot of people go the other way, and they and they give up, and then you know, like it's not the end of the world, but at the end, you did settle. You're not going to get a second chance at life.
1: No, you don't. You just get one shot, and that's it. So you might as well make the most of it.
0: Yeah, which you've certainly done. Thanks so much for being on Monday Night Live. Can you can you make me a promise? Uh, I would like like when you get Virgin as a client, can you please send me a message?
1: <laughs> I definitely. Will I'll get you back on. You. I will. I will try and get you one of those business class packs.
0: I think that's the full story. And then you write the book, and then well, but I'm you sell the business to Elon Musk. And go away. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. I know it's late in Melbourne. Um, guys, stick around. I've got a couple of updates I want to share with you, but um, we'll, we'll say goodbye to Emil. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, by the way, before you go, um, find, find Emil on um, Emil Mendoza on Instagram. That's the best platform for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I use Instagram a lot. So LinkedIn is kind of something I'm trying to get into. That's why I'm trying to see get pointers of you. But, yes. <laughs> um, Instagram... They're on there. They're on there.
0: Yeah. They're absolutely...
1: <laughs> Instagram is something that I've been using for years and years. It's just a platform I'm comfortable with. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, look, go and um, go and follow Emile. She'll. I'm sure you'll find her post inspiring. Follow her journey. Surround yourself with people that are, crushing it in business. And if there's any young female entrepreneurs out there that are wondering whether or not it's possible, you've just found out that it certainly is. Thanks for being here, Emile.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Ah, that was awesome. How inspiring. Wow. Oh, thanks for sticking around, guys. We've just got about five or 10 minutes of a couple of things I want to share with you before we wrap up. And I don't use a notebook. In my office, I use a whiteboard because I like big stuff. And these are my notes. So I'm going to pop them down here. Okay, so the CEO... <laughs> What's, it? What's going on there? The CEO Sleepout. If um, if you've known me for longer than a year, you'll know that I do the CEO sleep out every year to raise money for the homeless. Um, when I started my business, uh, I was getting evicted from and i quit my job and i had no money so i was literally like it was a reality for me that i could have to spend some some time without a house you know while i figured that out um and so i think it's it's quite an easy like it's, it's not that difficult to find yourself in that position to be homeless but what concerns me the most um, and which is why I've done the CEO Sleepout each year. Because, I, I mean, I did it. The first time I was, like, I raised $3,000 or something. And I thought, yeah, I'm not really making a difference, much of a difference doing this. But I thought, yeah, but if you do it every year, like when you add that up, it is making quite a big impact. Um, so I've made a decision to do it every year about four or five years ago. and um, And the number of children under the age of 12 that are homeless is, it's going like this in Australia. It, it's growing all the time. Um, there's a, a, the, the statistic last year was this seventeen thousand kids under the age of twelve uh, sleeping on the street during winter, um, and it was twelve thousand. The year before when I did it, so it's increased from twelve to seventeen thousand in a year. So it's a big growing problem. Obviously, these kids don't really have a say in whether or not they, you know, they're having to sleep on the on the street. So I think it's our responsibility as business leaders to do so. It's it's something that we should not really tolerate. Like you're telling me, like these kids who didn't, you know, innocent, did not make any of the decisions that led to the to the fact that you know they don't have a roof over their head, have to sleep on the street. And, and we're, you know, drinking wine and, and going out to dinner, I think it's our responsibility to fix that problem. So I do the CEO sleep out every year. Um, it, you know, I don't do every charity thing, but this is one that I believe in. And uh, I encourage, you know, if you are a CEO, or you uh, work for a CEO to nominate them. Um, last year, because of COVID, we had to do the sleep out in the backyard or, or balconies. And I thought, that's not that That's not that rough. But what I was, Decided to do was go live while I was out there, so I went live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook for a few hours, and we raised more money than I have done in the previous years, and and this year is is out in the street for real. Um, but I'm going to go live again, and like I'm going to be able to like talk to all the other people that are doing the CEO Sleepout as well, which is going to be epic. My goal is to raise ten thousand dollars this year, um, and so I would love your support with um, donations, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drop the, the um, link to donate into the chat, and every time somebody donates, I'm going to be giving them a massive shout-out on um, on social media. Actually, you know what, I actually, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I have a, in my CRM, I have a, 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 um, a box that says CEO Sleepout donation, and I always make sure that if there's ever anything that we can offer like free tickets to or VIP upgrades to or, or we want someone to be to beat a test like a new product. I always make sure to take care of those people because I think the secret to living is giving and these guys are legends for supporting the COC feedback. All right. So next week on um, LinkedIn is a free webinar uh, on um, I think it's five, but it could be four or five strategies for LinkedIn lead generation in 2021. I feel like I had to do this because there was a few updates on LinkedIn and one of them limited the number of connection requests you can send per week, right? And if you weren't reaching that limit, you think you said, well, it probably doesn't, it's not that big a deal, but um, it's actually changed how effective a lot of stuff is on LinkedIn in terms of like what connection requests work the best whether or not you should send private messages. LinkedIn events has completely changed the game. LinkedIn polls is awesome. LinkedIn groups is gonna be the next thing. But everything's changing. Like the crazy thing is, like if you did my training, LinkedIn training with Nathaniel Bibby, the man. <laughs> no, you got like all these awards and stuff. And if you did my training a year ago, 50% of what you're doing is wrong. You know, it's, it, that's how fast it's changing. It, it's blowing my mind. So anyway, this webinar is completely free. It's you know, so on LinkedIn, you just search for I don't know, it's an event. LinkedIn strategies two thousand twenty one. Um, please do come along. It's not going to be recorded. Um, so you have to be there on the day. And then I've got this all this research we did. So we did three months worth of research on uh, there was, it was over a million LinkedIn posts to see which ones get the most engagement. So like, how are they structured? What are they talking about? What are the topics? What are um, uh, how are they written in terms of the language? Like, what are the trends and insights that would be useful for marketers and businesses? And I'm going to give that report to everyone that attends the wedding. Uh, sorry, the not the wedding, the <laughs> webinar um, as well. Um, and at, in the process, I, I really wanted to try out LinkedIn Events new feature, and I can tell you right now, LinkedIn Events has raised the bar. Um, you don't need to have LinkedIn Live to use it. Um, LinkedIn Events is is looking phenomenally good. It Like it could take over Eventbrite. I'm I'm really impressed with it. Um, I want to give a shout out to Chris, who's been so kind to provide us with um, some lovely red wine. Chris was driving earlier. Chris, are you still here? Chris Holland, my man. Thank you so much. Hmm. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Like Ian says, biggest problem is that CEOs get more exposure than the homeless kids. Well, the homeless kids. So I mean, yeah, they don't. They don't need exposure. Well, you, you, I see what you're saying. This is the thing, right? Like, I try. I did speak to how much was it similar to share. Um, I did do um, speak to one of the charities about doing a collaboration, um, and the whole thing didn't work because of this whole privacy thing, which I really thought like sharing their stories would help people donate, um, and apparently they're more concerned with. Um, privacy so you know they're the experts um the first time this is an interesting story the first time i did the ceo sleep out was melbourne not colder than perth and we're at the um, convention center out the front of the convention center and at two o'clock in the morning like i'm still trying to sleep i'm not used to sleeping you know on the street obviously protesters come in they're like banging drums and stuff homeless people protesting against what we were trying to do saying you guys don't understand your ceos blah 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 you know um, know, we raised millions and millions of dollars around the country but i mean i understand but it it was i think it was a minority of the homeless community um and because the key is not just money right like it's it's being able to move them into like sustainable housing sustainable careers um i was walking down chapel street once and uh i I actually I i was running short on cash like i was down to like I didn't have much money in my pocket at all. Uh, I think I was waiting on a client payment or something. And this homeless guy comes up to me and he said, um, hey, mate, have you got any money? And I said, um, what do you want the money for? And he said, I'm hungry. And I said, well, I'm actually just going to get something to eat. Do you, do you want to come with me? So we, <laughs> we go to this sushi place and we sit down. And uh, he proceeds to tell me how he had like a, a house in two, rack, two bedroom two-story house. Uh, sorry, two story house four children and a wife, and that was probably two or three years ago um, prior to us having that lunch. And then he was just telling me about his life, and it just it just sounded like such a privileged life. Um, and then one thing led to another, and, you know, the wife left, and he lost the kids. And before he knew it, he he wasn't um, able to put a roof over his head and was, you know, walking up and down Chapel Street asking people for money. Um, anyway, so, that you know, I, we, I bought him some sushi, uh, and um, moved on, and then for, like, six months after that, I think uh, every time I'd go to Chapel Street, <laughs> I'd see this guy and he'd be like, hey, Nat, how are you, mate? Lunch today? And I'd say, oh, not today, buddy. <laughs> but, um, like, if you have talked to some of these people, right, like, you can kind of see it's not that difficult to imagine that it's possible that, you know, each of us could end up there. It's And a lot of people have this judgment around, like, you know why people are homeless and that they should get jobs and all that kind of stuff and and sure like there's you know there, there's some people that do need to kick up the ass and there's some people that are there by choice but there's also a lot of people that don't want to be homeless you know and and i think if you want to if you want to just rule that conversation out altogether these kids 17,000 and it's probably higher this year 17,000 that are they're under the age of 12 they, they, You know, they are completely innocent and it's going to impact their whole life. They've got a lot to overcome before they can get on par with, with kids that have had housing. And um, I'm just doing my little bit to, to raise some money. So please donate, support me, and I will do my best to, to provide you value. Um, all right. One or two more things. Sorry. for those people, I'll, do, I'll do the Perth thing last because I know you're not all in Perth. Uh, I'm looking for more guests for Monday Night Live. Uh, so if you know of an entrepreneur that has an inspiring story or a marketer that knows how to grow different platforms or somebody that's just incredibly funny, I, you know, um, I'm looking for guests for Monday Night Live. Um, who I'd really want is somebody that's doing well with LinkedIn content, a LinkedIn content creator that you think is doing really well would be um, awesome to interview. It doesn't have to be in the marketing industry. It could be in any industry, but somebody that you think is doing a great job of sharing stuff on LinkedIn. Um, so if you if you know of anyone that would be suitable or, or you'd like to uh, come on to Monday Night Live, please let me know in the comments and uh, we will uh, see if we can schedule you in. Um, if you're in Perth, uh, I want you to go check out our meetup page. Uh, what's it called? Entrepreneurs with Attitude. We've got... Several events coming up live in person. There's a YouTube marketing event, which is going to be epic, which is, I think it's like next week or maybe a week after. It might be yes, next week, I'm pretty sure. And then there's the seven steps to LinkedIn influence, which is going to be massive this year. It's going to be huge and it's a free event. So make sure you come along to the seven steps. So all you need to do is go to meetup.com forward slash in Perth. In Perth. You're looking for your comedian. <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. we we got? Some comments coming through. What do you think is more effective, sponsored ads versus Sales Navigator for B two B? Look, if you if you if you're going to pay attention to the leads and answer them and follow them up, Sales Navigator is the way to do it. Sponsored ads is it's going to it's like it'll fill up some lead magnet funnel and then you've got to convert them. Sales Navigator as a relationship-based tool, there's nothing better, you know, for lead generation. And it's not just sales navigator; you've got to use it properly, but like and be active on it. And there's nothing that's going to stop you from doing that. But hey, LinkedIn. If you're a if you're a salesperson that is interested in generating their own leads, LinkedIn is where you should be spending all your lead generation time at the moment. In a year, it not be as easy as it is right now. Uh, it's fucking crazy. Uh, two years ago, I was telling people. We can connect with people on LinkedIn who are a certain job title, certain industry, and a certain location, and we can connect with it as many as we want. It's a social database, and, and you and you guys are sitting there not connecting with anyone. And then now LinkedIn's just introduced a weekly invitation limit; you can't send more than hundred a week, right? And so, like this is bound to happen. And 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 even if you even if you could send more, it'll be monetized. Personal profiles will be monetized. It will all be monetized. It's crazy the amount of revenue that LinkedIn's been missing out on while we've been growing our networks. Like, like, you know, on Instagram, you can't be like, oh, you know, target uh, retail CEOs, you know, if they find you and they follow you, maybe they search their hashtag, then great. But on LinkedIn, it's like, okay, retail CEOs, Perth, there's a list of them send them all connection requests. As they connect, more people show up in the second-degree network. Like it's phenomenal, the opportunity that we have. I think it's probably got a year to go. I, like yeah, if you're a B2B and you're not proactive on LinkedIn on a daily basis, you're really missing out on a big opportunity. I've been in marketing for 20 years, biggest opportunity I've seen to grow a business and like become an industry leader. Without any money, without any money. Like, um, sure, you could do it on AdWords and, and, and spend a lot of money and you will be able to achieve that. Um, but like, as a founder of a small business started with no money, no employees, like, this is the best thing I've ever, ever seen, you know? Um, obviously, our guest today, like, she's in B2C and, and she, you know, she found the same thing with, with Facebook ads and, and has just scaled the shit out of that, you know? Um, so it's about finding how you can growth hack a business, but it is about finding that, like, lead, Tap that you can turn on and off. Um, So we've said Monday Night Live creators. We're just looking at my whiteboard (laughs) and the Perth meetup group. That's a wrap, guys. Have a great week in business. We did it in an hour. Um, Oh, Ian, great comment, legend. I'm looking forward to seeing how many thousand dollars you donate. I'm joking. I'm joking. Like every little bit helps, even if it's like five, ten dollars. It all makes an impact. It encourages other people to vote as well. um, And I'll be giving you a big shout out to say thank you on um social media this is the first time i've started promoting the ceo sleep out so i appreciate you kicking it off for me um, my monday night live legends and uh yeah have a great week in business you don't have to be perfect to be awesome good
1: night